too much film school. This episode, we're going to talk about the trailer for Total Recall. The Colin Farrell version, mind you. Uh, the new movie coming out. Not the Arnold Schwarzenegger. You have not been transported back in time. <laughs> uh, but this was another trailer that just came out and had a lot of hype around it. And had a trailer for the trailer. Ugh. Teasing when the trailer would become available on iTunes. Which I am not a fan of. It was... Uh, I... I... I had to look up when it was actually going to be released on the internet, because apparently it was going to play during a basketball game between the Celtics and another team. <laughs> I don't watch basketball. Giant birds. <laughs> don't know how they name these things. But the, the point being that it's a little terrible that uh, we have to have trailers for trailers these days. Yeah. I mean, pretty soon we're just going to have a trailer featuring the writer thinking of Okay, what's the next line going to be? And then typing it out. It'll just look like the Stephen J. Cannell's uh, production company credits. That'll be the trailers for movies now. All that aside, once I watched this trailer, I was pretty floored with it. The very first scene is Colin Farrell and Kate Beckinsale in bed, and she says... Did you have a nightmare or another something, nightmare? Something like that. And it's exactly like the original film. And I was like, oh, wow, they're really duplicating They're gonna be very faithful to the source material see this is actually uh, an interesting point the original film is not quite as faithful as you uh, might expect to the short story in the original story by philip k dick quaid is like an accountant or some sort of like office uh, drone or something uh and that's why he's so surprised that he's a you know secret agent who can beat people up when they cast schwarzenegger in it they were like yeah, you look ridiculous in a suit and tie. <laughs> so we're going to say that you're a construction worker, okay? Okay. That, that's what we'll do. I, that was to justify him being huge. Right. But sort of conversely, when you see Schwarzenegger suddenly start beating the crap out of people, you're like, yeah, he's as big as a house. Yeah, he like, can just punch them with his brute strength. Colin Farrell, you're like, well, he must have some sort of program. Like, it, it sort of takes some of the doubt away because you're like, well... He must have training is the only way to uh, explain his activities. Right. This one looked a lot more like, I felt, the Bourne identity or something when he actually uh, pops his cap in the recall. And they have it uh, a bit more structured in this one in that the cops come in and the recall area itself actually looks like a illegal a kind of... Semi-legal, yeah. Drug-based or... Uh, it reminded me a lot of In Minority Report where he Tom Cruise goes to the guy that can... That gives people memories and things for whatever fantasy they want to do. Kind right. of strip club level of legal. So it's a bit more surprising when Colin Farrell takes out all of the daft punk looking police officers in the future. And it reminded me a lot of the Bourne identity because he even seems surprised by the skills he has. That's true. But I will point out that that scene where he takes out like 15 guys they did a sort of bullet time style shot where the camera swings around and it goes on for a good, you know, 10 seconds or whatever, as opposed to the later Born Supremacy, Born uh, Ultimatum movies where no shot is allowed to last longer than five or six frames before they have to cut to something else. Like, it was very clear that he, he took this guy's gun, punched that guy, shot the other guy, and then, you know, did a backflip and shot the last, the last guy. Like, right. Whatever it was, the camera was in a position to catch every move very clearly and distinctly, even as he was confused. So, Right, we're all aware of your <laughs> vehement hatred for Paul Greengrass and the editing of the Bourne movies. But uh, in this, it does look a bit more surprising than the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger because they kind of just drug him and put him in a cab. Right. And it's a lot less exciting. So this 
The whole they rest of the trailer. They are amping it up a little yeah, bit. They are upping the action, and uh, he's diving out of windows into free falls onto cars and things that, again, remind me a bit of Minority Report. But also, the driving sequences looked a lot like the Fifth Element. The cars even structured similarly. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel that they were as... Fifth Element really went for a colorful palette, yeah. very cartoony. The, right, These cartoony, Roger slick. Rabbit. These yeah. were... A bit closer to Minority Report in right. or iRobot with Will Smith, but just the cityscape of flying around and stuff reminded me of Feather Element, much more muted and high tech. Yeah, I mean, it, the flying cars are really sort of a impractical mode of transport, <laughs> and so to to that automatically makes it a little bit more of a heightened world. And, and Fifth Element just sort of threw reality out the window, and it was fun for it. This movie seems to be trying to balance a certain amount of reality with the uh, with just like cool sci-fi stuff. And yeah, they even have a shot where he powers it down and is falling and then powers it back up and uh, crushes a car on the ground that looks kind of like a minivan. I'm like, oh, they still have ground cars or these can drive on the ground as well? So hopefully the world will be that flushed out to deal with kind of the... That bit, uh, it depends on how it actually winds up in the movie, but that sort of annoyed me. It's, really? the, it's the same thing when... Lois Lane is falling out of the building or whatever, and then Superman catches her right before she hits the ground. You know what would actually happen? She would be cut into three pieces, because she's still falling at 9.8 meters per second squared. Like, stopping three inches above the ground like that car did, they're still going to be crushed, just they'll be crushed three inches above the ground. (laughs) Like, you need to slow down. That's why you have a parachute and not a, you know, some... Uh, spring boots. Like. I'm pretty sure that there's science. That <laughs> they turned it on full blast at the last minute. The deceleration, there's a curve in there that they slowed down. you got to understand, the ground is deceleration. It, right. Like, that's... Deceleration in a few seconds versus instantaneous is still going to kill you. Like, you need to decelerate for a few seconds worth, Maybe at least. Maybe the seats have a very advanced gel in them that I, absorbs and dissipates. <laughs> so... Or like the uh, crash foam in Demolition <laughs> right. Man. So there that you happens, go. That'd be sweet. That is science. You well, can't argue with that. Uh, I think they're just going for, you know what would be the awesomest thing to happen right now? Crushing the minivan. And I think it was, <laughs> so I'm sold. I, I will accept if they're going for awesomeness, but I'm just saying it's not a very realistic portrayal of flying cars. Flying cars aside, there are some fun elements, like Kate Beckinsale switches her accent from... American at the beginning to her actual British accent. Once he calls her out. And she she becomes a spy or whatever. And uh, I, I, I hope that the conversation happens where he's like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> I doubt they're going to... I think he knows that she's trying to kill him at that point. He says, why are you trying to kill me? So, she's... First things first. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> What's up with talk, funny talking? Yeah. We'll get to this killing thing later. <laughs> why are you talking like that? Uh, Ironically, he's Irish, and that's uh, true. It has would an American be, accent. Would be a big sticking point for him. <laughs> they don't always get along. Actually, I really liked seeing Kate Beckinsale's performance in this even trailer because I had thought she had gone past her prime. Really, she's still doing Underworlds and things. And uh, I saw Whiteout with her recently. Nobody else saw it. No. <laughs> um, but I thought, oh, too bad. She did the you know original Underworld was good. Then she did Van Helsing, which was not good, but you can't blame her for that. And I thought she was getting a bit older to be putting on the cat suit and jumping around and killing either vampires or um, Frankenstein monsters. So she still looks really good in the at least the trailers for Underworld Awakening. Yeah, I'm not saying that she doesn't look good. It just 
started to fall flat and feel like a one-trick thing of, oh, okay, back in sale, put on a cat suit. And I like that trick. <laughs> it's, I don't want to see her go the way of Mila Jovovich, where it's like, oh, she did Fifth Element and then started doing Resident Evil, and now that's all she does, but it's getting sadder with each one. <laughs> so she doesn't have to take on Shakespeare, but it, it's... I think this will expand her back into different levels of action movies and not just keep her in a niche. And the sort of shitty, like, low, mid to low budget uh, Sci-fi, horror. Yeah. yeah. So I think that uh, she looks really good in this. She looks like the role will be really good for her. Well, speaking of Mila Jovovich, I mean, she married the director of the Resident Evil movies, Paul W.S. Anderson, and Kate Beckinsale married Len Wiseman, who directed the Underworld movies and this one, even going back to James Cameron marrying Linda Hamilton, who's not really on the same level as those other two in terms of attractiveness, but still, you know, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, if you direct uh, shitty mid-level action movies, you can marry hot actresses. Right, just put them in the lead and say, <laughs> you're totally hot in that cat suit, uh, and make them look that way to America, and they'll love you for it. Interesting talking about Underworld, which is not this movie, but uh, <laughs> Kate Beckinsale was with uh, Michael Sheen, who played Lucian in Underworld. Uh, they had a daughter together and worked together for a long time and they broke up on Underworld and then she immediately started going out with Len Wiseman and he didn't come back for the sequel that she was in and Len Wiseman directed but then the third one he came back was all about his character but neither of them were involved (laughs) and I think that same year he was nominated for an Academy Award for Frost Nixon and I was like how that guy has some range (laughs) interesting to see uh that he's still willing to go back and don the uh, werewolf outfit (laughs) when the same time he's up for academy awards i should let our listeners know that casey's not aware of cgi he believes that they are in costumes the entire time big rubber suit that he had to climb into and then scale walls and hang upside (laughs) down one thing that definitely surprised me towards the end has nothing to do with the trailer itself but it says that the movie's coming out in august which is usually when, like, shitty movies starring Colin Farrell, like uh, Fright Night, come out. This looks like a pretty enjoyable sci-fi, like, Minority Report-level, you know, fun action movie with a little bit of, you know, brains behind it. I'm surprised they're releasing it in August, and it feels like a bad sign from the studio. Either maybe they just don't understand what they have, or maybe this is a worse movie than the trailer makes it look. Trailers are often very misleading. So maybe they put every piece of action in here and said, good God, don't show Colin Farrell trying to act. (laughs) Uh, Which they didn't, I find. So that could not bode well if there are those scenes. Um, But maybe they're trying to just not have any competition and really own August and change the playing field. That might be the way it turns out. Speaking of his acting, we're comparing him to, to Schwarzenegger. He's already like well ahead of the game at that point in terms of comparisons to the original film. Right, but the original Total Recall, I think at that point they knew what Schwarzenegger was and they were going for kitsch and cult kind of classicness. Not to the level that like Last Action Hero was where it was all tongue-in-cheek, but they were still going like, ooh, it's going to be so big and it's going to rip people's arms off and then say a clever line when he throws them <laughs> down at them. Uh, this doesn't look like it's going for that. Right. So they won't have that to fall back on. It is different than... Uh, that film was directed by Paul Verhoeven, who is... One of my favorite directors, and I don't say that with any sort of irony whatsoever. People talk about his movies being over the top and, you know, overly gory and shit right. like that. Robocop, uh, Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers, like people are just meat. They yeah. kind of throws. He was uh, in the Netherlands when Germany invaded during World War II. He was having dinner with his family when the house across the street from his exploded 
and uh, set shrapnel through the window. Like, he lived through in war and invasions as a child and saw, like, bloody, gory uh, disgustingness, and all of his movies reflect that uh, accuracy in how horrible death actually is. Um, and he tries really hard to say, we're not going to sure. lighten it where someone just clutches their chest and falls over. Like, there's gore everywhere when someone dies. And yet... Arnold Schwarzenegger still says, see you at the party, Victor, and throws his arms at him. Well, yes. I, I, I find It's yes, a collaborative meeting. Okay. No, I mean, he even like Robocop and Starship Troopers, there's the amount of gore, but he has a detachment from it. it at that point, it's like meat. It's just, yes, it was a person, but now it's not. Well, when you're when you see that when you're twelve or seven or whatever he was, uh, yeah, I think right. you probably lose a little, bit, get a little desensitized, maybe. Len Wiseman is definitely a different kind of director. He has a lot more uh, control, and he he tries to make his movies look a little slicker. Like they're very you know lens flary, and everything is all the surfaces are smooth and. Yeah, so this, it's a, it'll be a different kind of movie. This sure. has a level of polish that the other one went for grittiness, and this. Even with the construction area or, you know, original place that he lives, you can tell it's dirty, but it's still bright and has that polish uh, without going crazy like Star Trek with lens flare or right. <laughs> plasticity like a, leather, a lot of other movies It do. is not a J.J. Abrams movie. This feels sure. a bit more, in some of the scenes, like Blade Runner um, with the, the quality of light coming through. Yes. And you can tell it's dirty, but it's still very textured, very bright. And I think that's another point in favor that I really liked. I think Len Wiseman is aware of the history of the genre that he's in. He doesn't feel the need to just rip off his predecessors like, uh, you know, Brian De Palma. Now, one thing that the trailer can't tell us, because there are people that are younger that just have met this, the original was made before they were born, and they're in the target audience now for this one, the trailer's not going to tell us how the movie ends. And the original film, there's a question the entire time whether he's crazy and it was just this is all just memory implants or whether he actually was a spy in in some former life and that the total recall process messed with the memory erasing process and then now everything's getting all mixed up but he genuinely was a spy uh you could they went back and forth between those two extremes frequently in the original film and then they settled on yes he was actually a spy you all, think they settled on something the ending was left open-ended he says what if this is all a dream it just says kiss me before you wake up and then it cuts. Maybe he wakes up after that. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying that they, they, it seemed like it was real, but he does question it at the end, and then we're left to decide. Yes, they leave it to you to make up your mind at the end of the original Total Recall, and I made up my mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, this one, I don't. it's hard to say whether they're going to leave it open-ended, whether they're going to settle on anything, whether they'll go back and forth between the two extremes during the course of the film. And you can't really say that in the trailer, but I'm, I'm really curious how they're going to portray that. I also am curious, though, so, yeah, you don't was... give away the ending of well, the movie in the trailer. I agree with you. I don't You'll believe... have to watch and see. I don't believe the trailer should. I'm just saying it is a question that, that will not be resolved until August, apparently. Right. And they didn't hint at it, maybe, as much in this one, because uh, it was so action-packed they didn't have time to point out that he was at a memory place and now he's going through the actions of what he was asking for well that's what i like about this kind of movie is hey it's an action movie let's go see an action movie and then they add in things that make you think and it makes it has a little more resonance than uh clash of the revenge of the titans or whatever wrath 
Uh, sure, that one. I bet your revenge will come out next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> or the immortals or a lot of those that they're going through. Yeah, they just they come and go and it doesn't really matter. I feel like this will have some staying power. Um, and it doesn't need to be, the, the the subtext and stuff doesn't need to be in the trailer as long as it's there in the film. All you need in the trailer is the action stuff so that we all go to the theater. Yeah, and they nailed that. One thing I was surprised I didn't see as much of is, and this is still an early trailer, maybe they're going to tease or other parts or do new installments. I don't think I saw Mars the whole time. He's on Earth or wherever his construction job is, recall, getting chased, flying cars, beating up people, quick cuts, not as quick as born. <laughs> but then it's over and I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Did they go to Mars? So you're wondering whether or not he has gotten his ass to Mars. Right. <laughs> Maybe in this one, there is, Mars doesn't even come up. It's all set in Philadelphia. <laughs> that would be a, a choice. Right. Uh, a bad one. Well, we'll see which way they go when we actually see the movie. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time for a full-length episode. trailer that came out literally like three minutes ago while we were recording other podcasts they don't know what time not, <laughs> today is sunday they don't know what you they can listen to this in a month ago